Hi everyone and welcome to Infinity Pods. This is now episode four, I think. <laughs> I've actually forgot what episode it is, actually. Um, so I actually have a special guest with us today. Um, he's a really good old friend of mine. We actually used to go to secondary school together and I've actually spoken to him in over, I think, over a year. Uh, but please welcome Liam Foster, also known as Foster, also known as Fozzie, also known as the man. <laughs> Um, Liam, how so are we? So many nicknames you could have said. Yeah, them. I know, so many I know. Nicknames that we probably can't say on air. <laughs> Liam, how are we? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, um, been following the the podcast like I told you just before we came in here for for a while, mate. I'm really glad that you're doing this. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Um, since of course your your film knowledge and your your gaming <laughs> knowledge, especially since that what it revolves around is absolutely nuts. <laughs> Thank I've you. never seen a person get so many platinums. Um, <laughs> especially on the PlayStation, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. I was thinking to myself the other day, like it pops up on the game. Oh yeah, when like your friends have got certain things and and stuff like that, just kept on popping up. Um, <laughs> Jason has got a uh, platinum on this game. Jason on on games that I haven't even heard of. Was that Man Eater by any chance? Man Eater. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, you need to play Man Eater. It's on PlayStation Plus. It's an absolute gem. It's so good. I was play- like, what is that? He's playing now, and then he got a platinum. I was like, obviously he yeah. did. <laughs> It's, you know, some Jeez. some games I actually start, and I'm like, I actually, I was actually doing it this morning. I started, um, I started the Modern Warfare Two um, remaster campaign, um, yeah. and I started it, and I got one trophy. And I thought, yeah, I'm gonna go through this, and I looked at the trophies, and one of the trophies is like, don't reload for the entire game. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, no. <laughs> There was a lot doing that. Put it this way, mate, there was a lot more difficult back then. Yeah. Uh, one day with oh, regards God, to yeah. tropes and stuff like that. Now they're a little bit more. I think developers saw that people were getting a lot more frustrated back then regarding uh, trying to get platinums <laughs> and stuff like that, and they made it a little bit easier. But yeah. I like to challenge back then. I mean, it was most of the games like that one you just said, mate, Modern Warfare Two. It was a challenge to try and get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, try and max it out. I mean, you're you've pretty much been like a trophy hunter with, with games for quite a long time. Oh, I'm yeah. not. No, you're not really yeah, <laughs> about that and stuff. I, if I get a trophy and it pops up, I go, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> like, like, oh, that's that's nice. Like, if I get like a gold, I'm like, wow, geez, yeah. what have I done there to get that? But then, yeah, it's 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 difficult, mate. So, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there, and you obviously go for the trophies oh, yeah. and stuff. And it's you've got like a huge collection now of like platinums and golds mm. and stuff, and it's 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 cool to see, mate. But yeah, it's it's good to be on. Um, like I said, been listening, uh, in regards to obviously the other podcast, mate, and I'd reached out to you tonight and yeah. said, look. Happy to come on anytime, mate. So definitely here you are. So, but I mean, basically, oh, yeah. what I wanted, I'm, I'm just, just wanted you on really because I mean, we used to, we we because we went to college together. Um, we we had basically two years of just talking about films and games, which was, I, I, I honestly, mate, still those two years are still one of the best. Uh, I honestly, highlight, oh, yeah, highlight of my, I wouldn't even say just um, like academically, like of my life so far. Honestly, the funniest two years. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, it? The projects that yeah, we did and stuff, uh, just and the laughs and everything. I mean, I'm, I mean, what happened really? <laughs> Still got some of the things I know you know. I know. I know. Yeah. Like, what? The, the puppet weather channel. I was going to say, if anyone wants to jump on my Twitter, I, I've got, on my YouTube account, I've actually got the Morning Glory Breakfast Show on there. Oh, so if you want to, if you want, if you guys want some cringe, you know, for a Sunday evening, tune in because my God. 
That is. Um, I was watching it the other day, you know, when you, you know when you upload oh, yeah. and stuff, and I realized just how poor that it is. Awful, you know, when it? you think to yourself, could we? Do, I don't know if we could do better. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we could. Yeah. Do, but like the presenting side of things, yeah. if you remember, we had to get like I think it was Luke and Rachel in that last second. Yeah. They weren't even our natural uh, presenters. Who was? I think it was supposed to be someone else, and then they dropped yeah. out. Yeah. Um, someone from the drama people drama or book, something yeah. like that was supposed to do it. Oh God, it was awful. And then I mean, some of the segments are funny. I mean, the segment that I did with Matt. Um, I think it was Luke on it, obviously, in regards to like celebrity, the, the celebrity oh, like, stuff. That was just all improvised. So, and stuff. so I think we just, we just did a, a lot of things off the Yeah, bat, we did. Go. Yeah, um, I mean, but yeah, if I like I said, guys, if you, I mean, if you if you guys want cringe, just go have a look. But but um, really, I've got you on today um, just to talk. So I want Liam basically to set the reins here because I want Liam to just basically tell me um, and tell you guys really what, I mean, mate, what's, what, what, what what the films mean to you? I mean, you're, you're as much as a film lover as I am. I mean, what do they mean to you? And just you know, let's 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 open this discussion here. What I'll, I'll open it for an easy question. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll open up for a, a bit of an easier one. I think. Um, what's what would you say was? Do you have a number one film? I mean, and obviously everyone knows my yeah. number one film. I have a number. I've always had a number one film. But do you have a number one film? Um. Yes, and I was thinking about this the other day because I assume that. You'd probably be asking me this question uh, yeah. when you reached out to me, just because I know obviously the podcast revolves around uh, mainly, of course, um, games and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, do you know what? This is exactly, of course, the type of question <laughs> I'm going to be asked. So I was in the shower thinking of it. I was eating my tea trying to think of it. I was trying to sleep trying to think of it. And it was, it's difficult. Like you, you tell anyone or you ask anyone, of course, give me your top five films or give me even your top three mm-hmm. films of all time. And it's, I mean, I doubt anyone would literally straight away jump and say, "Oh, it's this and this and this off the bat." I mean, you know, if you've if you've watched a good, you know, a good number of films and you, you know, they they are one of your big passions in life. Let's say, for example, it's it's a way. Like coming back to the question that you originally asked me as well, what do they mean to you? I think it's a way, personally, for me, um, that I can just snap out of this reality and just go into another mm-hmm. one, just for the brief moment in time. I can get really invested in something, not just films, but with TV, TV series especially. Yeah. Um, really, really invested in them. Um, I mean, you know, TV series are, are up there personally with a lot of the big films that I've seen in regards to what they mean to me. Um, just the, the, whole, the overall philosophy of certain shows I've watched. I mean, obviously, for people who don't know me, obviously Jason knows this, but Sons of Anarchy is one of my top things of all time. And I actually went and got a tattoo because yeah, of, of how much the show meant to me and stuff like that. Looking back on it, I maybe rushed through a decision <laughs> to get out of it that quick. Um, but it, I mean, it did have a, a huge, huge impact on me, and it did resonate um, a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong; I don't associate myself, and I can't relate to to bikers killing people. <laughs> um, you know, but having said that, it's just what the show did for me. And at that time, of course, you know, I think what a lot of TV series and especially films do for a certain—I mean, how they become invested in you—is I think personally, due to the fact of where you are at that moment in time at your life as yeah. well. Like for me personally, most of these films or most of these TV series, especially, um, come into my life at a moment where I, I need them, if that makes yeah. sense. Like they take me away for a little bit. Let's say you're having, you know, a shoddy time with your work or personal life or mental health, obviously, which is a huge thing now. Um, and you can literally come home. I mean, I've, I've been a recluse for quite a number of years. I'm not anymore, but I, I was. So basically my, you know, films and movies or, or whatever and, and TV series and stuff, mate, that was my go-to to just snap out of it for a yeah. little bit. Um, 
And don't get me wrong, I've not like got a huge collection. Like, you know, Jason will probably post this on his Twitter one day mm-hmm. or, or something like that. But in regards to his DVD collection especially, I mean, it's huge. I mean, it's nuts. Um, I mean, you could open your own blockbusters again if you, if you really wanted to. And, yeah, and, and that's, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I should, uh, I should. <laughs> like, really just put it back on the market and stuff. But, um, but yeah, so my DVD collection, because I'm not a collector, so to speak. Like, me and Jason after college, the amount of times we used to go into a shop uh, over in England called CEX, yeah. which is sort of like a, um, uh, a place where people obviously, you know, put the games and films and, and, and give them away for money and stuff. So they're all... Uh, pre-owned and stuff like that however the amount of hours we put in yeah, there uh, was nuts and the amount of DVDs you bought there Jason was, <laughs> was absolutely crazy and <laughs> uh, like pretty much every other day you bought like a new one and I think that's where I started to to really buy DVDs because before that I never really bought yeah. them because like I said I've never really been a collector of them like if I look behind me now I've seen my little DVD collection I've got about 10 um, and I mean they're films they're films that don't even really like I've got Phone Booth oh wow Farrell. okay like I like the phone booth. Don't get me wrong; it's a great film and that. But when I say it's my one of my best films of all time, that I need a DVD of, yeah. probably not. So I don't know why I've I don't know why I've got it on DVD. Um, but you know, I mean, I've got some films in here like Gladiator, for example, um, and stuff. I've got 2012. Oh, 2012. Well. 2012. 2012. Man. Great. And to be fair, mate, it still holds its own. I was watching some clips on YouTube of it the other day, and in regards to the um, the tidal wave scene coming over the mountains, yeah, it's still good. It's still. Um, Stands yeah. strong, doesn't it? Still, it's just a, it's and it's got crazy Woody Harrelson in. I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah, it's so. just a shame. The title of the film is how actually long the film is. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely yeah. nuts. I mean, do you remember when we went and seen the the knowing? Oh yeah, yeah. Cajun? yeah, I remember. And that scene in the cinema with the plane oh, came yeah. straight at us, and I absolutely packed my yeah. pants like it was nuts because <laughs> I thought it was coming straight at me, like the, the way they filmed it and stuff like that. I actually turned to you and went, "Oh Jesus." <laughs> Like, I, rem- I remember it vividly, but yeah, that's another film on Netflix right now, <laughs> the No Image. I watched it the other day, I was like, wow, why did I ever like this? But but yeah, films films do mean a lot to me, and, and so do TV mm. series, and of course, we'll we'll touch briefly about games later mm. on as well, because I mean, that's yeah. another thing what, you know, takes you to a whole other oh, yeah. world, and, and obviously you just, you know, you can just invest. But, you know, films is not only a thing that you share on your own, I mean, you know, you can share it with other people and stuff like that, I think that's the best thing. I was just telling you before we we came on air regarding how much I miss going to the yeah. cinema um, and just having that human interaction, that social interaction in regards to going with a friend, even going on your own. I mean, there's a few films I've seen on my own and I think a lot of people, I would I would definitely recommend going to see a film on your own oh, yeah. um, one time. Yeah. Definitely. I think I saw Black Panther on my own. I think I went to see um, um, Gone Girl on my own as well. Absolutely fantastic, brilliant films. And I, I think I saw X-Men as well. Um one of the X-Men's, I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, I went to see um, one of the X-Men's as well, but it's fantastic, like, going on your own, it just, because you don't have to rely, obviously, friends and, and and you know, them picking you up or you you going to them and meeting and stuff. Don't get me wrong, it's good to go with a friend because you can talk about the film afterwards, mm. but I don't think there's anything wrong with going to see a film on their own. Like, I've been talking to certain people before in the past and I was like, oh, I can never go and see a film on my own. Yeah. And it's like, look, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, you know, it's, it doesn't mean that you don't have no friends or you're, you're a bit of a loner and stuff. It's just that if you really want to see a film that nobody else wants to see or, you you know, your friends are at work and they don't have any time, mm. let's say, for example, and you've got the time, just go. At the end yeah. of the day, that's, you know, that's what films and cinemas are there for. So, um, yeah, definitely, I definitely miss going to the cinema um, to see films. I mean, you know, it's it's been such a, a poor time at the moment, hasn't it? Yeah, for, it has. For yeah. films in general, there's no no good films really 
what's been out recently. I mean, you know, everyone's literally just binging Netflix mm-hmm. and awaiting the next best thing on Netflix to drop. I think there's a new um, new film on there with Anthony Mackie in, um, which I'm yet to get around to, uh, to seeing. I don't know if you've seen it advertised, Jason, or not, but um, I think it dropped on Friday, I do believe. So that might be where I think I've seen now. the poster of it. I think it. I'm always... I think that's about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's like about it's, it's a sci-fi yeah. anyway. It's a sci-fi film about bionic stuff and things like that. But um, I think everyone is literally just pining all the time for the next serial killer documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there is a new one at the moment on Netflix as well called Night Stalker. Yeah, it's Richard, I do believe. Richard um, Ramirez. Richard yeah. Ramirez. Yeah, yeah, Richard Ramirez in LA in it. So I've only I just literally just started that, but um, I didn't finish the first episode. So I'm gonna hopefully get cracking with that, but. In regards to my top films, um, so obviously we come back full circle in regards to what what you know what the mean and stuff. Top films is difficult, <laughs> and I mean I was listening to your list the other day, and I mean you put your top ten. Yeah. I mean that's even more difficult. I mean if we're talking about top five, I mean there's so many that of course I'd be leaving out, and it's like where to mm-hmm. rank them in regards to you know my best one. So I mean I'll kick off with my. I don't know whether to kick off with the best film or number five. You know what I mean? I run it that way. T- well, I'll um, tell you what. Why, why, don't you, it, why don't you kick off for number three? Why, why don't you do three to one? Because I actually, I'm actually going to ask one. you what's, your, where, what's the worst film you've ever seen. But I want, I want, oh, right. I want to leave that one. I want, well, I want to, I want, I want to, I want to know your top three. You don't have to be. I, I don't have to be in any particular order, but top three, really. Top three. three. Oh, jeez, Louise, jeez. Um, right. Okay, okay then. So number three. Oh. DMA, DMA. Number three, I would have to go with, and I mean, I'm probably saying this now, and then when I finish the, the show, I'll probably think, oh, no, that's number yeah. three. Um, probably, but off the top of my head now, what I can think about, how you know how invested I got with this film, and it only came out, I believe, about three years ago, but how invested I got with the film, the soundtrack, the cinematography, the yeah. acting, the story, is um, Arrival. With Amy Adams. Oh, very left um, field. I want. I want expecting you to say that. That's a very left field. Yeah. Field one. That. That's. That's interesting. Actually, no. Scrap that. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. See, I've just thought of another one. That's up there. But then I've just thought of another one. What pips it? And it's from the same director. So this is what I mean. Okay. It's my favorite yeah, director. Um, who did Arrival? But no, number three, hands down. Definitely, and I'm not going to change this now. It just come into my head now. Is prisoners oh, with James yeah. and yeah. Hugh Jackman? Yeah, without a doubt, doubt. I mean, don't get me wrong. Arrival, you know, I could talk about that until the cows come home, and it's it's a, just an unbelievable film. But again, prisoners, the storyline, the acting, again, the cinematography by Roger Deakins. I mean, it's it's unreal. Like I've, it's it's just crazy how good it is. And I was talking to a, a, a friend not so long ago, one had just recently found out and he was like, have you seen the Prisoners? I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh my God, mate, I've never, you know, I didn't even hear about it before and I just watched it because it was on Netflix the other day and it was just unbelievable. I was captivated and I think it is, that's the right way to use. I think it's just, it's so captivating. You just can't take your eyes off it. And I mean, the performances, I I mean, you know, you've got Paul Dano, um, who's obviously going to be the new, um, is going to be in the new Batman as, as Riddler, which is I'm yeah, really looking forward too. to. Um, but Paul Dano's character in that and his acting, his performance. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, uh, and I think it's um, Melissa 
Leo believes in it as well. Um, you know, and, if, and anybody who hasn't seen it, I won't spoil it too much. So I really, you know, I'd love to be someone to be listening to it now and think, oh, you know, I'm going to check that out. So I really don't want to spoil it too much because it is a, a twist film, yeah, isn't it, Jason, in regards to the huge definitely, film at the end. Do you know? um, and I think it's one of the best ones, best twists as well. Yeah, what I've seen definitely. I mean, just a quick one on Paul Dano that I do, you, he's not, for me anyway, he's not been in enough films for people, mainstream audience. No to know who he is. And I, I think, I, I do think he's something special because if you've seen, obviously we've seen prisoners. I don't know if there's, there's, there will be blood. Daniel Day Lewis is, yeah, is yeah. in that. And um, he's in a film called Ruby Sparks, which is also brilliant. Yeah. Like I said, I think, I think it, everyone will get to know him a lot more when he's in Batman, when he's playing the Riddler. And I, I think a lot more people need to, need to see him. Really, I think he's he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, he's very, very underrated. Very. That way, he's very underrated. Um, but I think people, if they if they watch Prisoners, if you've not seen it before, or people who have, you'll you'll notice just how good of yeah. an actor he is. Um, I mean, the character that he plays. Um, I mean, he he completely. I mean, because he messed with my mind in regards to did I feel sorry for him, but then did I think personally that he, he did the the kidnapping? So so basically, the premise of the whole story for people who haven't seen it is. Um, Hugh Jackman's um, daughter goes missing on Thanksgiving, um, and it's pretty much, of course, then uh, a hunt, um, obviously to to find who's obviously the the, the kidnapper, um, and obviously to find it that way. But it's it's sort of like it's a look into the how it, how obviously things like this affects families um, and stuff like that. But Hugh Jackman is a is a really religious person. He's, he plays such a religious character in this film, um, and obviously the lens that he will go to in regards to finding out who's kidnapped his daughter is just unbelievable um, and obviously Jake Gyllenhaal as well um, obviously plays a, a huge huge role in it as the detective um, who tries to of course find find out who the um, who the kidnapper is and I mean there's just so many twists yeah, and turns throughout the film yeah. um, but it's such a dark ambience about the film and this these are the type of films that I absolutely crave like if you obviously were to ask me what's your favourite type of film I would say dark gritty this kind of cinematography, a twist mm-hmm. film, a thriller, a mystery, those type of films. And that's why another one, another film, of course, what I'd make it into my top five, but I know I'm doing them a top three would be The Prestige. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like Nolan. Yeah. Um, and stuff, because that's, again, it's a mystery thriller and stuff, but the acting in there again and the, you know, the soundtrack. But again, I mean, coming to the elements of what makes Prisoners brilliant, the soundtrack, I mean, just unbelievable. If you get a chance to, of course, listen to the soundtrack, I think it's on Spotify. Um, and I've and, it, and it's just I think it's Johan Johansson who's who sadly passed away now, and he also did Arrivals music, um as well. Um, so you can tell obviously they have a um a bit of a sort of like a running thing here. Where obviously you've got Roger Deakins did the cinematography, I believe, for Arrival. He did it for Prisoners. Johan um Johan Johansson did the soundtrack for Arrival, and he did for Prisoners as well. Um, so you can definitely sense obviously like the similar elements in regards to both films. But yeah, if you've not seen Prisoners, it's on Netflix now. You obviously it's you'll easily be able to watch it. You don't need to get a DVD or anything like that. I mean, I don't know who buys DVDs <laughs> anymore when obviously everything's just on Netflix anyway, to be fair. No, but you can stream it, but please, please watch it because it's, it's absolute. Anybody who obviously and it's, turns around to me and says, have you got any films, you know, you can recommend me um, to watch like a thriller or like a good mystery? That is always the top the top film I always point them yeah. to. Um, in regards to twists and stuff like that and just, you know, the overall film. Don't get me wrong, there's films out there what, you know, you could watch if you like a good twist, you know, Memento yep. being one. 
Um, I mean, The Prestige has a huge twist at the end, which is one of the, my favourite twists, if not my favourite twist in, in a film of all time, um, at the very end. And I think that's personally up there with one of the best Christopher Nolan films ever made. And I don't think it gets a look in. If you, if you talk to someone in regards to a Christopher Nolan film, and I, I don't know about you, Jason, if you spoke to anyone, and if, if, you, know, if you ask someone about a Christopher Nolan film, you're probably going to get, the you know the same old films with Christopher Nolan, obviously what what people yeah, you, love. You normally get the um, you know yeah Inception, Inception. You, don't, you get the you get the Batman trilogy, obviously the Dark Knight trilogy thrown around the most. Um, yeah, you never really get no, the you don't. That no, um, I, I, as well with that, I think um, I think Dunkirk is overlooked in the Nolan. I, I, yeah, I think definitely. that was on over Christmas actually, and I, I I just couldn't bring myself to watch it just because it it, it does it brings me to tears. Just to watch it, very emotional, yeah. emotive film. But um, just because, of course, it was based on a true yeah. story and and, and, and stuff. But I, I'm really gutted. I didn't get, that got to see to that film in cinema. I'm so gutted about that that I didn't. I missed the experience, yeah. obviously, of being in a cinema to watch that film because the reviews that I was, you know, reading and stuff said you need to experience yeah. this film in cinema or with at least a good home, you know, cinema system in regards yeah. you know, like surround sound and. Uh, and stuff to really get the full effect of the of the dive mm. bombers and the uh, you know things like that. But but yeah, prisoners number three, yep. without a doubt. Number two is I was trying. Did you see that I was trying not to really mention it there when I was talking about Christopher Nolan? But I think Jason will know this, and anybody else who knows me will know that of course this film holds very dear and, and, and close to me in regards to what I've got inked on my body and stuff. But my second favorite film is is without a doubt the Dark Knight. Um, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, 2008. Like, I could literally finish and, and end it there and just put a full stop and that's it. And people should realise just yeah. how good of a film it is if they've seen it. Like, I, You don't even need me to go into detail regarding why it's such a good film. But what it means to me, of course, you know, Jason will know I've got Heath Ledger's Joker tattooed on my, my forearm. I've got Christian Bale's Batman tattooed on my upper arm. I half expected him to get Tom Hardy's Bane in sort of like the middle of my arm to fill the gap. Um, but I still haven't really got around to it just yet because it'll be a little bit difficult and I don't know whether I want to, I think, because those two characters, you know, are just so formidable in regards to, you know, what that film means overall and stuff and what they did for the film and stuff. I think it's only right if I just have them two. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the acting performance by Heath Ledger will still mm -hmm. go down. And don't get me wrong, you know, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, again, one of my favourite films, I think now, That'll be definitely be up there with my one of my favorite films of all time because I saw that in cinema and the overall experience I got. I wasn't expecting it, you know, and, and that's what I love about the the film experience. You know, when you're not yeah. expecting something like that to to hit yeah. you, it would be so good. And like when I saw the Joker in cinema, I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Like you have killed this, like Joaquin Phoenix, like literally on another level. But Again, can he top, you know, Heath Ledger? I think it's such a difficult thing to do. And obviously when people, people have their own opinions and of course, who's the best Joker? Um, with Jack Nicholson and stuff like that. And, you know, I, but no, it's, it's with me, hands down, it'll always be Heath Ledger. It's interesting. Um, it's, and I think at that, it was 2008. Yeah, 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 yeah 2008. I was just going to say, it's interesting that you picked um, The Dark Knight because actually one of my, my favourite films out of all of them because um, I, I I kind of switched the you know switched the rules on my top ten because I actually put the whole trilogy um in the top ten. Oh, but right. um, if I had to pick one, it'd be Dark Knight Rises. But I mean, for me, it's 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 because of Bane. But I, I will yeah. say the Dark Knight has, I think it has my favorite way a film ends. If that makes sense, just just the way like oh, it's yeah. open ended, 
and you're like you've never seen Batman go in that direction before, and then you've just got the the score by Hans Zimmer be- behind all that, and you're like, yeah, yeah just yeah, it's a, that's a great choice. And number two, I yeah, Marvel Guardian, yeah, it's just. It's just not like I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't even need to, do, you, to to go into huge detail about the Dark Knight. I mean, it came out what? I mean, we're talking about thirteen years ago, yeah. is it? Like, God, when you say it like um, that, that's it's mad. Absolutely not. Ain't crazy. And I mean, it, you watch it now, when it seems like it only came yeah. out just yesterday, because that's how how amazing. And I think it'll still stand the test of time for a long, 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 long time now. I mean, the number of years you could watch it, you could show you you know your children in years to come and stuff like that, or grandchildren. They could watch it and just the way it's filmed and stuff like that, it'll instantly resonate with them. It'll instantly become one of their favourites, I guarantee, because it's it is it is obviously one of the greatest. I mean, you look on IMDb, for example, it's up there. I, I think I don't know which number it is, but I think it is up there with um with uh, the best films of all time in regards mm-hmm. to rating wise. Um and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah, I mean what it means to me personally, you know, without obviously delving too much about the film itself, yeah, there's so much to cover with the Dark Knight that it'll It'll, it'll be that, that's like a whole yeah. podcast in itself <laughs> to talk about just the Dark Knight. But you know, the acting chops, you know, Christine Bale is one of my favorite actors of all time. I was watching the fight the video on Netflix. I mean, he's he just because, of course, the, the sheer tenacity he puts into his roles and the, the dedication he puts in. I mean, from The Machinist, that's another one of my favorite films of all time from losing all those, all that weight, and then literally a year later going to film the first yeah. Batman. Batman begins and putting on all that weight and, and being, you know, and then he, he played um, Cheney. I think yeah, he did it's funny, I was Cheney. actually just about to ask if you've seen, if you've seen Vice, because we watched that, um, my fiancé watched that with me for the first time. I've seen it a couple of times, but like, I, I, lo- I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And the way it's done, the way they tell the story is fantastic. It's not just your basic yeah. biographical, yeah. oh yeah, he did this, then he did this, then he did this. It was like, you just couldn't believe what you were seeing. And it's like, obviously, it it's dramatised and everything, of course, but just realising, like, God, he, he, ran the, he ran the country, and if not the world, basically. He had the world at his feet. It was mm. it was insane. But, yeah, putting yeah. all that weight on. It's a shame he got a bit snubbed for that, um, actually, because he didn't... Um, I don't think he won anything for that, did he? He, 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 he gets snubbed yeah. a lot, Christine yeah. Bale, for his performances. It's a bit yeah, strange. Um... I think they, they won an award for... What did they win an award for? Was it American Oh yeah. I, yeah, I think um, so. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I With Amy Adams and... I can't... Yeah. Amy Adams, yeah. I can't... Was, I think it was Jeremy Renner. I can't remember. Yeah, it was Jeremy Renner, yeah. yeah. It was Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. But yeah, that's that's another great film. But I, I love anything that Christine... Bale, if, if I, you know, an upcoming film comes out and I know that it's either got, you know, like the big stars, your Tom Hardy's, your Christine Bale's, your Hugh Jackman's or something like that of the acting world, then you know it's at least yeah. going to be good. Um, just because they're in it and the, you know the performance, they're always going to smash out the back. Same with Jake Gyllenhaal now. I mean, he's another actor where you think, you know, for example, Nightcrawler. Oh yeah, like, Nightcrawler! Like, wow, wow, unbelievable! Like, and his performance in that after, I mean, see, because he did that. He's another one who was really dedicated to the roles in regards to losing weight and really yeah. getting into that method acting type of thing. Where he filmed Prisoners, and I think it was only a couple of months later that he then filmed um, that film as well, um, Nightcrawler. So. You know, it's, it's yeah, just unbelievable, just on another level. But yeah, Dark Knight. You know, a lot of people, like you said, who know me and stuff, will know what it means. But for people who don't, like, it came out at a time when I think we were yeah. just going to college. Two thousand eight just came out of school. I never really was, of course, a fan into the in regards to the superhero genre um, before that, and it wasn't really a superhero type film. And that's, I think, why it's still 
to this day, of course, um, breaks all the records in regards to, you know, being one of the best films of all time due to the fact what Christopher yeah. Nolan did. Obviously, with Batman Begins, that's where it all started from. That's where, of course, he was building the foundations in regards to building this world and making a, a quite realistic point of view, obviously, in regards to a superhero and stuff like that. Um, but, like, again, he, he didn't make him a superhero. He just made him a man who pretty much, obviously, cared a lot about his city. He was just a little bit rich, just a tiny bit. Um, had all these gadgets and stuff like that, and then it was a personal. It was just, it was just very personal, obviously, with his story and his development, mm. and his life, and his growth and stuff. And and then obviously you bring all these other characters yeah. into it and stuff. Obviously you bring the Joker into it. You bring Bane. Yeah. You bring Scarecrow. Obviously, um, Killian Murphy, like unbelievably good as Scarecrow. Quite disappointed he never got a standalone film. Um, because I think it would have gone down well. A lot of people don't really know a lot about Scarecrow, but I think personally, especially in today's, you know, era as well, in regards to how many superhero films has been and stuff. You know, you've got a Deadpool film, you've got a, you know, I think there's a Gambit film coming out eventually and stuff like that. All these sort of like minuscule characters, what one ridiculously famous before, um, and stuff like that, have now you know have become one, yeah. you know, one of the fans' favorites and stuff. And like Black Widow has her own film. Um, you know, there's there's one division. I think it is on Disney Plus as as well. What's just come out? So you've got all these side characters and stuff. What obviously are getting their own, you know, spin off series and stuff like that, or films and stuff. I think Scarecrow definitely should have had at least um, a film um, and, and stuff because that would have been fantastic. I mean, just think of the the ideas that you can play around with, with obviously what his character yeah. is all about and stuff, uh, hallucination and, and and obviously putting on the mask and delving into your deepest darkest fears. Um and stuff like that, and I mean, Killian Murphy is you know one of the best actors at this moment in time, without a doubt. Um, as well, and he's he's always going to smash it on the park. And it's strange where how, how far he's come from, yeah, being in twenty, being the yeah. little mute in twenty eight yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit strange. Isn't it? So but, yeah, so we've got um, so what? So that's got, yeah. number three was Prisoners. Number two, Dark Knight. Yeah, was Dark Knight. So I'm, I, I mean, I've, to say much about because that. I because number I know one. you. I think I know what number one is, but if you're gonna, th- you might surprise me. You might not, yeah. but I think I know what number one is. But you want you. you... <laughs> you probably do because I, yeah. I think I've maybe told you before, and I think I don't think anything will ever surpass it. Um, and again, um, you know what you said in regards to you, when you said, "Oh, I, I did a bit of a cheat because I said I didn't just say I like the Dark yeah. Rises." I said all three. We'll allow you to do that. Um, if, if, you know, if, put them into one. I think you. I think you should. Is that allowed? To be fair, if I know what if I know what it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, so? Let me ask it's you. Not, then, what so do you it's not so you. And you probably work class it as the Middle Earth trilogy. Because I don't think the Hobbits inc- will be included, but I think it's the it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. If you're going to pick one, though, it would have been Return of the King. Ding, 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 it ding, would ding, definitely ding, ding. Have been Return of the King, but yeah, 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 yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Um, prizes oh, all around you, Jason. Mate. Yeah, <laughs> um, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, Fellowship Two Towers. Return of the King. You are definitely right as well, mate. I mean, you know, you 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 know me, and obviously you know how much I used to bang on about it and stuff like that. And you know, obviously, what Return of the King, yeah. you know, really meant uh, as a whole and stuff. But yeah, Lord of the Rings, hands down. I don't think, and as much as like I said, there's films out there what push it, and there's films out there what really mm. nearly get to that point of where I think, oh, it, that could be maybe my favorite film of all time that I've seen, and I could watch it again and again and again. But there's nothing like. Don't get me wrong, as well. You know, if I did my top ten. Harry the Harry Potter, and I know that a lot of people don't really like it and stuff like that. I don't know if you are a massive fan of stuff, but the Harry Potter franchise, in regards to, of course, just the overall 
just the pop culture of it all, but just the the overall story mm. again, the acting in that, and you know how excited it was when a new film was coming out and stuff. Harry Potter's definitely up there as well in regards oh, yeah. to all of them, not just you know a specific one, but all of them were fantastic. And that that again, I can watch again and again and again. But but Lord of the Rings, like again, it was just the it's a film and a uh, and just an overall franchise, but it just something that I can just yeah. get lost completely in, in regards to the lore, the story, the the characters, middle earth, the setting, the soundtrack. Like, I'll be... I'll watch Lord of the Rings. I'll go on my phone. I'll watch the making <laughs> of the soundtrack. Like, on videos for hours and hours and hours on end. And then I'll go and watch interviews with with Elijah Wood and, and, and Viggo Mortensen and then, and then all the characters and stuff. And then I'll watch, like... Like, I don't know if you watched it the other day. I think Josh... Oh, I forgot his name. He, play, he plays... Um, the snowman in, in Josh Frozen. Um, yeah. Josh Gad. Josh Gad. He does that, obviously, that, um, them Zoom sessions where, of course, he, he basically gets all the actors from, you know, like, yeah. the, you know, big films and stuff of the past all together. Yeah, and stuff. he did. And he did yeah, a Lord of the Rings one. That, yeah. If you saw that, oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, even yeah. Helen was hilarious as always. Um, but, like, oh, that was so good. And then it's, it's so emotional to watch them as well because, of course, you know, they're all getting older. I mean, Elijah Wood still seen, still looks exactly the same as he did, you know, all those years ago, which is a bit strange. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But I know. That's, I wish that is secondary school, me and you. That's that's how. God, that's seventeen, eighteen years like, ago. What? It's mad. Two thousand and three, like, and it, and again, it's another film, like I said about the Dark Knight, where you watch it and it'll again stand the test of time because that's going to be watched mm. for years and years and years. And I mean this. If you look back then, don't get me wrong, of course, we've come far with cinematography and, of course, with CGI and stuff. But it's 2003, you watch some of the scenes, like, unbelievable, like, the I, way they was yeah. filmed and, and the way they look, and, like, the Rider of Hiram, for example, and, and stuff like that. I mean, it's unreal. But then you compare it to The Hobbit, and I don't really know what happened there. Don't remember The Hobbit's yeah. good, and I still watched it because, of course, it was it was Tolkien and it was, it was Middle-earth and stuff, but... Uh, Regarding the regarding the, you know if you if you compare them both, like the CGI and the whole aspect and uh, aesthetic of both films and stuff like that, in regards to the way it looked and felt and and you know it was just I don't know there was there was something just missing from the Hobbit which was there in Lord of the Rings and I don't know what that was I don't know if it was the passion I think I mean you can write me if I'm wrong here but I think like when you say well Harry Potter as well don't get me wrong obviously Harry Potter. The entire story. I mean, if you're British, I think that Harry Potter is a special place in your heart, really. I'm not sh- too sure about, you know, people outside of England or, or the UK or anything. But if you're British, I think Harry Potter is that quintessential fantasy um, epic. But I think one thing that Harry Potter's missing, mm. and I think that The Hobbit's missing, that the, the Lord of the Ring trilogy has, it's the sheer scale of it. I mean, you got. I mean, yeah, Fellowship yeah. of the Ring. My personal favorite is Fellowship of the Ring, literally just because of the Mounds of Moria when they're going in there. And you just, when you first saw mm. that on the screen, you're like, "Oh my god, how the hell are they going to get out of there?" And and, you, and it just, it just <laughs> they just pumped it up and pumped it, up. and then getting to Return of the King, when you had these massive. They, I still don't think they've done anything that big on screen before. That 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 battle in the fields. Um, I mean, yeah. I. It lost for wear. But yeah. all the battles, the yeah, two Helm's Deep, battles, yeah, um, yeah, Helm's Deep, Man's Amoria, Helm's Deep, Rider Hearing, but just, just, there's so many scenes and instances with the full 
franchise with one, two, and three that I just can't put my finger on in regards to yep. what my favorite one is. And so the whole film just gives me constant goosebumps every time I'm watching it because of the soundtrack, because of the acting, because of the emotional aspect, because of the story, the battle scene, just just everything about the film is literally perfect. And there is people out there but don't yeah. like it, and that's fine. But then you get people who don't appreciate it and think that the poor films are the this and that. Oh, the story. Well, all, all it really is is like a two little midgets taking a ring to 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 destroy, you know, destroy the ring and take it to a mountain and throw it away. No, it's not about that. Like you're so you're so naive and narrow minded if you think that's literally what yeah. the whole premise of the film is. Like it's not about that. It's about the journey of obviously, like I said, the original fellowship, the journeys that they. Take. I mean, let's be honest. If you, if you um, want to destroy a ring, you take yeah. it down to calf converters, don't you? I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I mean. You do what you're doing all. Um, but like the character development from the first to the third film, like you, you won't see character development like it for well that 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 sort of like intricate and that deep. Like when you, I mean, if you do, then it's very rare that you see things like that. But like again, the rarity of the films, you don't really see huge films no. like that much anymore. Like the, like you said, Jason, you hit the nail on the mm. The grand scale of the films. Like, I remember going to watch The Return of the King and it was my first ever cinema experience. And this is why it means a lot to me. It's my first ever cinema experience my uncle took me. And he was really a big, a big into him. And he goes, oh, do you fancy going to see, um, you know, Return of the King? And I think I was only about, well, I, I would have, I think it came out in 2000, like you said, about all those years ago. Um, so I couldn't have been, like I said, we're just starting really school and stuff on me. So I must have been about, what, 12? Yeah. 11, 12, something death like that. Um. And obviously, it was my first cinema experience I've ever had because really, I never really, you know, went to cinema before that. I never really got the chance to. My mum didn't really mm. big into those, you know, <laughs> films and stuff. And I didn't really do for that. And so I'd, I'd, that was my first ever cinema experience I ever had. And just watching it on the big screen, like I was like, and obviously, being a young kid, obviously, just literally looking into that and looking into this world and stuff like that, it does captivate you like enormously. And it just sort of like send you into a whole other world. It's like puts you in a trance in regards to like you completely like forget about the outside world. And then you're in this world kind of yeah. thing. That makes sense. And like you then, as soon as the film finishes, you snap out of it and you think, Jesus, like that was such a, an experience kind of thing. And then now I want to go mm. research. Now I want to go and, you know, find out more about it and stuff like that. I've always wanted to get around to reading the books. But the thing is for me is that I've got a very <laughs> short attention span, like in regards to if I'm reading a book and nothing's like on, like with, with films and stuff, you're on screen and everything's happening like at a fast pace and stuff. So you're always, you know, like watching it and you're captivated and stuff, it's, you know, if, if you're really enjoying it. Whereas a book, it's, it's hard for me to really keep paying attention. You've got other distractions yeah. around you and stuff like that. So sometimes my concentration span with reading books isn't the best. Like Game of Thrones, for example, I've always wanted to read them. But I know for a fact, just because how long they are uh, and the sheer scale of Game of Thrones and yeah. you've got to really invest a lot of your time in regards to reading them. Same with Lord of the Rings. Like that's why I probably haven't got around to it just yet. But yeah, the films, you know, I mean, what I've always wanted to do as well is, I don't know if you've seen it advertised, Jason, is go and see a live orchestra while the while the film plays. I don't know if you've seen oh, yeah. it um, advertised. I've, I've, done, I've done two like films that. like that. Um, I've done one. I did Jurassic Park at the Burnus Arena, and that was good. Oh, wow. And obviously I've done yeah. I've done Royal Albert Hall with Jaws on, obviously. But, but yeah, no, definitely. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I know what you get with the Return of the King. That would be... That would definitely be up there to exactly. But you said the Man's of Moria scene. I was watching um, some footage of uh, what someone recorded in regards to the. I think it was the Philharmonic yeah. uh, Philharmonic Orchestra doing that. Um, and yeah, just having it on such a big screen, and of course, and then playing it live right there for you. 
because that's another. I think that's what sets yeah. it apart from many films. Yeah, the score definitely. essentially uh, by Howard Shaw. Like, yeah, it's just just unbelievable. And if for some, if if you if you're not if you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen him, if you don't really like that type of film, you know, fantasy and stuff like that, then you know it might it might not be for you. And I'm not saying like you know it should be up there with everyone's top films. I'm just saying, of course, that you need to appreciate yeah, just how definitely. good the films are. Um, and if you can't appreciate that, then, you know, and, and I don't really I think, know what's wrong here, to be fair. I, I, yeah, um, I mean... You know well, what I mean? You need your the testing. thing is with Lord of the Rings, especially, I mean, I always, whenever I watch them, I have to watch the extended editions. I think that's, that's a given. But yeah, I can, it's the only film, like, let's say, trilogy or series that I actually, I actually have to put time, not because they're so long, this, it's because I just want, like you said, I just want to sit down and just get sunken into it and get lost in it. I think that's the only film trilogy that I actually yeah. I have to prepare myself for because it's a hell of a journey you go on, putting putting the Fellowship of the Ring on and then having to work your way through 12, 13 hours of of movie just to get to the end of Return of the, the King. Rest, but yeah. <laughs> no, fantastic choices. I mean, Prisoners, I mean, Prisoners, The Dark Knight and The Lord of the Rings. I mean, how far away can you get from each one, I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's fantastic that you've yeah. got those those different ones under your belt, under your belt there, really. And obviously, if we had a bit more time, I'd I'd be asking you. I think it'd be a lot longer post podcast, but I'd definitely be asking you for your top five, even top ten there. But I think we'll be here for a lot longer than we are. We're very we'll be here long for time. a long time because once we start talking about but, plans, um, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yappy, so yappy. no, um, thanks for Liam. No, I mean, like I said. Great picks there. Um, so moving, it, we're going to move. Obviously, we've, we've we've covered some some of your movies. You know what you like, what your interests are, where, where your heart is really with film. I want to kind of transfer that over now to gaming. Now, I know you're a big gamer. You're a big online gamer. Um, to be honest, you're more of an online gamer than I am. Um, it might be obviously yeah. that all I ever seem to know of you is that you ever just play COD online and you. Insanely got on it. By the way, mate, <laughs> that Warzone thing you you posted in January that was that was brilliant. <laughs> I watched that last night. Uh, I think it was. No, which it one? Was, um, you you posted on your on um play, PlayStation Share. I think it's you, it's where you run into oh, a room yeah, and then you yeah, jump out the yeah. window and you just ping this guy off. It's just like that's just that's why I don't like. Play. It was just frantic. I, re- I recorded that. Yeah. It was just a frantic, and it, it was such such a good thing. Obviously, battle royale is you get like, like so, a bit do. of a, an adrenaline rush at the yeah. end when you come. Brilliant. To start, like, the last one. But yeah, no, like I said, no. I, I mean, you you play a lot of online games, but li- same again, really, with the movies. And um, obviously, well, I mean, we we've got about 20, 20 minutes, twenty five minutes left here. So it's see if you can fit them in there. But really, I just want to. It's same question, really. I mean. Top game don't have to don't have to be necessarily top favorites? three, but just top games because the the thing is with games, there's so many and there's so many different experiences. I kind of I kind of don't like putting them in a top top ten video, which is why I'm the most. Yeah, it's, it's, it's why I look. I like just yeah. talking about them in general. Like, oh, I love to love playing this and love playing that. So really, just over the past few years, man. I mean, you can go back a few generations if you want. You can go back to the PlayStation Two if you want to, or even even earlier than that. Just you give me you give me a highlight. What what mm. what do, what have you liked playing? What games have stuck with you over over the past few years? I think games were a lot more difficult to to um, like you said, mate, to to put in sort of like a, a top criteria in regards to like a top ten or a top five because they're so vast. Films, in, especially, yeah. I think, is a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, games because obviously that like the scale of games and how many they've been. 
um, and obviously how many you've played and stuff like that, and obviously the ones that stick with you for a long, long, long time, um, it's hard, yeah, to really go into um, and go into depth in regards to like a, a top three or stuff. But the games that have really stuck with me, um, and yeah, you are right, mate. I mean, multiplayer now is because obviously we've not really had a good single player game. Uh, I mean, our single play games, especially, of course, have really took uh, been on the back burner in regards to, you know, being overtaken by multiplayer games like, of course, Call of Duty, you know, especially with Warzone at the moment and how big it is and um, and how many players yep. play it and stuff and how addictive it is. Um, you know, and it's and, and especially with what's going on in the world at the moment and stuff, it's been a bit of a difficult um, time at the moment for games. For example, you know, the big one. Um, at the moment, it's cyberpunk. I mean, it's, it's just apparently just been took off the uh, the market altogether. You know, and the, the developers are, are giving people refunds for um, for how buggy in the game is, which is nice. But it's just like you know, we're in 2021 now. Surely those things can't be happening. Um, you know, you never really heard of those things 10, yeah. 15 years ago in regards to a game coming out, and it was just constantly, you know, just an absolute buggy, unfinished mess. So it's, it is such a shame, and I think the gaming industry at the moment is taking a huge shit with what's going on and stuff, and, you know, you hear of developers, you know, being a bit part of the actual staff and stuff, and uh, and this. I mean, one of my favourite franchises and one of my favourite developers yeah. was Telltale. Um, they did The Walking Dead, they did um, The Wolf Among Us, which is fantastic, about the fables and stuff. Um, yeah. And then they also did Batman yeah. Yeah, as well, I don't know if you played that. So, and obviously they're disbanded and I think Telltale went under, I think, and that's been a while now. I don't know what's happening there. But yeah, it's not a good time really to be, um, don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll always love games. Mm. Like the games will always be a huge part and I think I'll never stop playing. I mean, I think it doesn't matter how old you get, um, I think this 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 sort of like this stereotype of oh well, you you're at an age now where surely you know you shouldn't be playing yeah. games anymore. Don't give me that crap. Don't if you if anybody comes to me with that, I completely <laughs> blank them out and ignore them, um, or say something else to them because I can't be. At, you know, I'm I'm not don't 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 come at me with that because I'm not I'm not listening to any of that because that rhetoric is just so yeah so so naive and it, and it, it's it's such like a, a close-minded way of thinking of things because games mean a lot to people. Like you said, Jason, and like with films and stuff, it's it, it's just a, it's a time yeah, for you to relax definitely. after work. It's a time for you to escape reality in a way. Um, I mean, literally. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. with virtual reality now, uh, VRs and stuff. So I mean, but I mean, uh, totally get lost in a game and addictive. Some games mm. are addictive. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you literally you'll wake up and you think about going on it. You'll go to sleep and you'll be you know thinking about going on it on the next day and stuff. I mean. It's been a while since I've had a game like that. Um, but if I wanted to talk about the games that have really meant a lot to me over the years, I mean, we could, you know, like you said, we could be here all <laughs> night. I'll try and keep it as brief as I can. But obviously, I'll have to go with my top ever game of all time. I know I know what my top game of all time is, um, hands down, and that's The Last of Us. Um, without a, a lot shadow of, people of a doubt. Are, like, a lot of people will agree with you. And I'm just saying, like, ugh, what a load of overrated rubbish. Uh, but <laughs> a lot of people think that, but um, I think it's just because again, it was a it was a mm. story element. A, 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 it was a heavily story driven game where I still haven't seen anything like it in regards to the way it looked and the way it felt and, and the way it played out on a game since, like, and even before that and after that and stuff. I just think what Naughty Dog did in regards to making a game like that was was unparamounted, and I think. Yeah, I mean, the world that they created. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's been a lot of controversy yeah. with Last of Us 2, even though that game was a fantastic, 
like fantastic story, the, the gameplay, the, the overall world itself, the game was fantastic. But they're my bread and butter, those type of games. I love post-apocalyptic worlds um, and and stuff and dark. Like again, I've obviously talked about like the dark ambience of a, a you know of a setting and stuff and the mood. Um, and the grittiness and, you know, those characters and stuff in the world that you're in. And that's why I think it meant a lot to me when playing it, because I, I put so much time into it. Like, it was nuts. Like, I just didn't stop playing it. It was it was crazy. Um, but, yeah, just for what the game is all about and stuff, that has to be probably the, the best yeah. game in terms of quality. Let's say, for example, in terms of the you know, like the overall gameplay, the storyline, the, the characters and stuff, the soundtrack, the overall game... Not just like the best game because you had the most fun on it and it was just, you know, that's why it's the best game, you know, because you had so much good memories on it, let's say, for example. Because there's so many games. Like, let's, let's you know, we could take all the Call of Duties and, you know, I could say Modern Warfare 2, for example, for all the memories that you I, you know, I had that, on you know. that. So I don't know if you're, the best game. You platinum that. I never, I, I, did, I could never I platinum did. it. It yeah. was just, I couldn't do it. it uh. It's difficult. It's really difficult. Uh, I don't know how I did it to this day, to be fair. I mean, if you ask me to do it now, I won't be able to, be able to do it, not a chance. I think I was a little bit more fresh-minded back then, all those years ago. But, you know, we're, we're talking about World at War, yeah. still one of the best games I've ever played. And obviously with multiplayer aspects, it was one of the best multiplayer games I've really ever, you know, proper delved into and stuck my teeth into. And the amount of days I've you know, accumulated <laughs> on World at War is a little bit, a little bit weird. Like, you know, I used to come home from school, I used to go on it, I used to have a day off from school, I used to go on it. Like, I never never was off it um but yeah it overall game wise for you know if we're, if we're talking about all the elements what make a game soundtrack gameplay this that storyline then yeah last of us is 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 probably my favorite one um a game which don't get a lot of mentions but i did spend a lot of time on this game and there is a new one coming out next week which i'm really looking forward to is hitman blood i have, I have yet to delve into um, hitman Fantastic games. Um, don't get me wrong, the, the, the very hit and miss in regards to the storyline. I mean, they've, yeah. they've rebooted it a couple of times, and the, you know, the, it's been some of it's been canon, and then some of it's been dropped, and then the story have been um, completely redacted. But yeah, Hitman Blood Money, just so much fun, so so much fun. And I say that because you know it's a bit weird me saying that because all you're doing is killing people. But yeah, it is so much fun. Just the the amount of different stealth and and different takedowns you can do. Um, and the, I mean, again, that's just a game that I really just got lost in because, of course, yeah. I spent so much hours into it. Um, that yeah, it really. I mean, another game, oh, Resistance. I mean, we know about Resistance, Resistance. Though, Jason and stuff. Yeah. Resistance, Fall of Man. I mean, that's another fantastic game. One of the first games that yeah, came on PlayStation yeah. Three, really, wanting that we really got our hands on and, and talked about. I mean, we used to, literally. This is how we, we are. I mean, we're still quite nerdy, but I mean, mm. back then was a lot more nerds than we are now. But we used to get the Edge magazine. Read it, didn't we? On like oh, the college library, didn't we? Used to get we were meant to be doing our assignments, library, we weren't yeah. we were looking at gaming magazines. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> reading about the new games, like unbelievable. Um, one of my other, I mean, one of my best franchises of all time. And you asked anybody who knows me and stuff, and the amount of games I've played, I'm yet to play the new one because I'm waiting mm-hmm. to get a PlayStation 5. Um, so I'm waiting to get a PlayStation 5. So, but obviously, this is the reason I haven't got it. but the Assassin's Creed franchise is still probably one of the best, if not the best franchises still that I've ever played. But if we're talking about the game, um, you know, it's, it's picking a specific game or you, you know, you probably got lost in. I would, it would either be number two, yep. Assassin's Creed two, when you first meet Ezio or oh, yeah, Black, Black Flag. Flag. Wow. Um, without a sh- without a shadow of a doubt. So if we're talking about, of course, memories that were made on a game and 
like you said, for what they mean to you, because like, you know, we've already talked about me where they took you at that moment in time. Uh, you know, they took you out of your, you know, the reality that you was in, let's say if you were suffering for some problems or going through some issues and you really could just say, you know what, I'm just going to block the world out and I'm just going to get invested now into this world. Assassin's Creed would always be the one for me, but especially Black Flag. Yeah. I mean, the amount of hours, you know, that you, 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 I put into that game was, was and I mean, you especially, I mean, you put in... I still did plan it. Still, um, it still bugs me to this day I, know, I did not plan I mean, on Black Flag, but crazy, it is what it is. Absolutely nuts that you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. The amount of hours that you stuck into it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean that just goes to show you just how oh, big yeah. of a game it was. If you, you know, if you did platinum it and all the trophies that you got and stuff. But yeah, I mean the Assassin's Creed. Um, as much as they are a, <laughs> a buggy mess because the Ubisoft. Um, and you know it, it does get a lot of criticism. You know every single time one comes out, it's like oh, the trailer, yeah. another one. What's it going to be now? But oh, yeah. people will play them still. You know, and that's because mm-hmm. that's how good the games are. And that's how popular they are. Um, and there is a lot of people I know who haven't played any Assassin's Creed, like, at all. I mean, I remember the first one that came out, that wasn't, like, another scale. I remember watching the teaser trailer and then watching the trailers for it, and that was one of the first games I ever got, um, again. Um, yeah. I think on PlayStation yeah. 3, I think it was, when the first one ever came out. And again, that was on another level. Like, you know, you're transitioning from the PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3, you know, bigger hardware, better graphics, better, you know, better games and stuff. And that was one of the first games I, I really got my teeth stuck into and was like wow you know like <laughs> this is the new generation of gaming kind of thing with this game and i mean again it was just a it was just something that was i've never yeah. played before like ever um you know in regards to that if we wanted to talk about like retro games like my memory i've got a memory like a sieve so like there's probably games what i played on the playstation 2 what still mean a lot to me but i can't remember yeah. like we've got rayman yeah. you know crash pandicoot and all those you know all, all, all the all the yeah. big ones shadow of colossus and and stuff like that, but I can't. I honestly just can't remember that far back. I mean, we're talking about a long time ago now, like two thousand and four, is it? Maybe two thousand and three, two thousand and two, yeah, or something. Maybe PlayStation two, um, yeah. Maybe even earlier than that. This is what I mean. So I mean, if you can remember back, <laughs> fair back to that, then fair play to you. But I mean, PlayStation threes and and PlayStation fours. I mean, the first ever console I ever got was a, yeah. a Sega Saturn. Um, and I think I got that. And I was listening to your podcast, uh, obviously, when you did the one about gaming, mate. And obviously, I'm exactly the same as you. We couldn't afford, no, you know, we couldn't yeah. afford a console straight away. Obviously, it was only me and my mom and stuff. So, um, but yeah, when I eventually got one, like, we couldn't afford like a Sega, you know, Mega Drive or a Nintendo this and Nintendo that. And the first ever one I got was a Sega Saturn, and that was I still remember it was in the same house as I am now. And so we, I think we moved into this house, um, in. No, it wasn't. I'm lying. No, I, I had a Sega Saturn in the in the house before this, but then I, obviously I moved it in here, and that's when I really started getting into it and stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, I had that was one of my first ever game consoles and stuff, and I think my my love for gaming obviously took off from there. I think being yeah. a, an only child, um, or as I like to, I I thought it was called a lonely child. What people knew, people used to say it, um, but being an only child. Um, is obviously it was quite difficult because I didn't have a brother or anything or a you know or a sister let's say for example who I could play on games with and stuff which was a blessing because you know you didn't have to oh, share man. things yeah. you didn't have to share your consoles and your games and you didn't you know as probably what you know having a brother and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. you know probably got into a lot of fights <laughs> and arguments and stuff for games but then again it was it, it would have been nice to have that two player aspect into it like one of the best multiplayer games I've ever played with oh, friends good, shout, good shout um, good shout and stuff just because you know, just one of the best games. I mean, it was split screen, so we, you can say multiplayer because obviously it was different. You know, more than one player on it, but it was really the the old yeah. good old fashioned split screen 
you know, playing on the same screen and stuff like that. Don't look at my <laughs> screen. Put something in between of it now because you're, you keep looking on my side, that kind of thing. And, you know, that's the best. I mean, we still played split screen when I used to go mm. to my friend's house and play Call of Duty World at War. We used to play four split screens. So we would four different, you know, on the same telly, split screen with four players. So you can imagine how difficult that was and stuff. But no. <laughs> they're the times that we're talking about right now. We're not talking about yeah. all this virtual think, reality yeah. nonsense and... You know, you say that to kids nowadays, like, oh yeah, yeah back in you know when I used to was your age, I used to play four, it was four players on one screen. Like, look at you and like, dad, what you want? <laughs> like, like what? Like if I tell my little nephew now, like he plays you know Fortnite and all that, all all that stuff and and things. But if I said to him, oh, can what we're going to do now is that we're going to have you and then three other people, but we're all going to play on the same telly. You're you're going to be looking at a screen in the top left hand corner, but it's going to be really small. And then they're going to be the second player is going to be in the top right hand corner. Third player is going to be in the bottom left. Blah blah blah. You just sort of like stare at me, thinking, "What are you talking about? <laughs> like that's you can't do that. You know, we're not. He'll probably think yeah. that's like the the dark ages and stuff. And when you think of it, you know, don't get me wrong, games have come a long way, like incredible way. Um, you know, in regards of the technology and stuff and the things that you can do now. Yeah. Crossplay, for example, is a big thing. It's a huge thing. I mean, I remember we was talk- we were discussing it obviously all the way. I think back in college, I think in regards to, oh, wouldn't it be good if we if you maybe even if you had another console and we could play with like yeah. you know people on Xbox and, and stuff like that maybe and that was never you know we didn't think that would obviously would ever happen let's be honest and then obviously with the PlayStation Four and with new yeah. games that come out crossplay is a huge thing now um, especially on your multiplayer games and uh, and stuff like that and being able to of course play games with you know people who have a different console and stuff like I've always been PlayStation I've always been Sony. Um, and I don't think that I'll ever change ever. Um, as much as you know, the PlayStation Five's had you know big problems and stuff. I'll never, I'll never go to a, a different console. I think it's just the and a lot of people say this because a lot of mm. my friends have got an Xbox and you know they always have a go at me for saying, you know, I'll always be with Sony. He goes, why don't you just come? Every one of your mates has got an Xbox. There's no reason yeah, to go for yeah. PlayStation anymore. But there is because the games. No, I don't just play multiplayer <laughs> and games. That, I play and a, that's why we're friends because game. I'm exactly the same as you. <laughs> it's it. If anyone else has, you know, say, I'm like you. If crazy. anyone else is like, oh yeah, 360, no. Oh Xbox, no. Nintendo, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, you know. Oh, I'm yeah, not definitely. knocking them because there's games on there. What were amazing? Yeah, when, you know, Halo Gears Three of came out, and I was like, oh yeah, that's not on PlayStation. Halo franchise, unbelievable. Like you know, then you got Nintendo, but you, you got all things now you can yeah. get. I mean, you got Nintendo Switch, for example, that you could easily get. Um, and little things like that. I mean, which is you know, which which is cool. I mean, I was seeing. I think my um, my cousin got one for Christmas and stuff, and I had a little go on it, and he was like, "These are really really cool." Um, but in regards to you know, like a proper proper console, like for example, a lot of people now were switching over to PC because of course yeah. you can still use a console on PC now. Um, so obviously for better hardware, better better overall system and stuff. But again, I wouldn't do that because then I wouldn't be able to play, and I, I'm not rich enough to have both a PC and a PlayStation, unfortunately. You know, and I don't have the room in me in me in my house or my bedroom, especially of course to install both. So PlayStation is for me due to the games that come out for it. I mean, let's be honest; I don't want to be biased, but the best games yeah, do. do come out on PlayStation, especially single-player games. Um, you know, you could talk <laughs> you about don't have trophies. and you have trophies, trophies. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's this is what I mean. So I mean, I am biased in a way that you know I don't want to be, but I am biased in a way that the, the best games do come out on PlayStation. You know, the best. Uh, the best story-driven games. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at Uncharted, for example. Um, you know, and if for people who are, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people, so I don't care about yeah. games like that. But if you played it, oh, yeah. you definitely would like it, and you definitely would care because um, it's a game, a game which is which is unbelievable. And again, if we're going to be talking about you know games, what I really put a lot of hours into, 
Um, you know, and I mean, I could talk about, you know, uh, you know, different games all day, but really if I want to say maybe one final one, what I can really remember now on the top of my head, what I really invested a lot of time into was, and I don't know if you played this, I don't know if you've ever played this franchise, Jason, because I don't think I've ever seen you on it. Yeah, no, no, you're totally right. Silent Um, Hill is basically bygone me. I mean, I was, I don't know if you saw it a few years ago when that PT trailer, that, that demo came out and, you know, it was yes. now it's now the yeah. debunked Silent Hills that's never going to come out, which was like, oh my! If 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 a, a full game was going to be like that, I'd be I'd be over it. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it maybe if what I think there is a, a new Resident Evil, like say for example, that's coming out this year. Yeah. Um, what I think it's Resident Evil: The Village, which is in first person again, like Biohazard yeah. was the last Resident Evil number seven. And please, mate, if you've never played, or people, if you know, if you're listening to this, if you've never played Resident Evil Seven: Biohazard, uh, which is the official title, but number seven, where it's the first one that was in first person, um, you are missing out. It is one of the best games, honestly, that I've ever played in regards to the overall setting and the and the game itself and the, the gameplay and stuff. It is. I mean, I had to, I'll be honest, I didn't finish um, it. And the reason I didn't finish it, I was stupid enough to play it in VR. And uh, honestly, oh. to, I mean, I have the PlayStation VR. I don't have it anymore um, just because, well, it don't work on a PS5. Um, apparently it does, but I'm not messing around with it. But Resident Evil 7 was mm. the only game of the entire entirety of the PSVR games where I thought, oh my God, this is so worth it. Because talk, talk, I mean, when people say, <laughs> oh yeah, I crap myself, don't play it in VR. Like, no, seriously, don't play it in VR. I mean, when you sat at that table with them at the beginning yeah. and they're shoving things in your face and especially when the office, the officer comes to help you and right he gets a shovel through the back of the head and his head slips away. I'm like, oh my God. But, <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to go back. I need to go back and finish it. It's unbelievable. It, no, totally right. Oh, it's, you definitely need to. I mean, the, the story it comes a little bit convoluted at the end though. It, it, it sort of like yeah. trails off to what the old Resident Evil used to be and it, it's sort of like, um, takes away obviously what the the rest of the game has been like in regards to the overall setting and the atmosphere and stuff. But it's still it, it's still a, a game that you must 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 play. Obviously, they brought back you know the remastered yeah. the, the old Resident Evils, didn't they? And the remade and Resident Evil Two, um, which is fantastic. I did play with Leon and stuff. Um, uh, and obviously then you had Resident Evil Three that they brought out as well, which I still haven't really got around to playing. But but yeah, the um, I'm I'm not a huge lover of horror games. Never really been a huge lover of them. Like Outlast, I never played Amnesia. Um, you know all those horror games and stuff, but um, definitely with with San and Hill, Resident Evil as well. But San and Hill is, I mean, anybody oh, yeah. who knows me will know they're my favorite ever games. Um, just unbelievable, and I'm I'm <laughs> literally crying out for a new one. I'd do anything, anything for Hideo Kojima just to say, do you know what? You know, I've got my own studio. Yeah. Let me make one, please. Let me, let me. I'll just do one on my own with my own studio and stuff because he could really bring it back around again. But yeah, Silent Hills, fantastic. Um, I mean, those yeah. type of games. I just love story games, story-driven games with a fantastic soundtrack, a brilliant setting that you get lost in. Obviously, you could talk about, obviously, your bigger games and your like Grand Theft Auto, for example, will always be a game that you played in your teenage years and stuff, which is one of the best. You know, Vice City, yeah. San Andreas, you know, stuff like that is, is still up there with my favourite games of all time and stuff. But if we're talking about a game which is solely revolves around storyline and it's a linear it's a linear game, so it's a linear story, so you follow this linear path of, you know, going along, going through the motions and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you've ever played... I, I started it, but, um, it's, um, it was like Until Dawn. 
I think it was. We don't, I th- and yeah, I think you'd like yeah. it. So you you like you liked it. Sorry, because uh, it was like heavy rain. Wasn't I it? really liked it. Yeah. Hey, I'm just about to say that exactly what I was just about to say. Well, before that, though, mate, before Heavy Rain, there was a game that came out before that from oh, the same yeah, yeah. Fahrenheit, um, which was fantastic. Like such such a good game, but again, yep. similar setting that I love: <laughs> dark, murder, <laughs> gritty, um, like brilliant soundtrack. Yeah, like, right, yeah. There's a pattern here. What's what's emerging where you can where you can see with me and same with the films and stuff. I just love that uh, that kind of like setting. I don't look like the over exaggerated horror type setting, and that's why I don't. I'm not. I've never really been a huge fan of of any horror genre and films and stuff. I'll watch films with mm. horror and stuff. But I've never been like a huge lover of them. And same with games and stuff. I'm never unless they have a good story. Then I'm not yeah. invested in all the jump scares and all that all that malarkey. But if it's got a, a gritty storyline, dark ambience, that's why I loved Heavy Rain. Again, it's a mystery, and I love mystery. If 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 any if it was a, a game or a film, um, I yeah. love mysteries and whodunits and. And stuff like that, and trying to crack the case, and um, and things like that. So there'll, there'll be. I mean, after this podcast, I'll probably you know get back in touch. Oh, Jason, you never get what yeah. game I missed. So and so, so and so, and he's like, oh, how did you do that? You idiot. But just yeah, there's games. Games are completely different in, in regards to films because there's so many games that I've played. I've played more games than I've watched films probably. Oh, yeah. And I think this is why it's so difficult for me, of course, to really pinpoint you know my favorite ever ones because you get so. It's so dense in regards to how many films, of course, is this, uh, how many games, sorry, is is like being lodged in your brain. Like, you know, your memories are just completely just all yeah. over the place because you've played so many. Um, you know, and probably the same goes for you. I mean, I, I would listen to yours in regards to what game it meant to you and, you know, your favourite ever games and stuff. But there's probably a few that you didn't mention. What you just could Yeah, you there was. I mean, I listened back to it and I just thought, oh, God, I can't um, believe I, I didn't sit, talk about this one or I didn't talk about this one. And, yeah, it's like you said... There's just yeah. um, there's just so many uh, like films you said that there are just so many, but it's always nice to to talk to somebody who has the same passion um, as you um, for films and games. Of course it is, and I think that's why you know we, we, we lived, of course, in regards to you know your college days because we've created media of that aspect. And anybody out there, of course, who you know who loves games and loves talking about you know films and and that that sort of like entertainment value and stuff. I mean, it's it's always nice, like you said, to talk about someone who, who share the same. Um, same thoughts and, and same passions and um, and obviously takes uh, takes time to really invest in certain things. With games, I've fallen I've fallen off in regards to you know like playing the brand new game stuff just because the sheer amount of new games there are. Oh, yeah. Just because of course how much some of them cost. Like I've got you know I've got a, a rental service that I use called Boomerang, which is fantastic. It's sort of like yeah like a, a love film, but just for games. I don't know if you remember love film, but you know I used to use love film for renting games before like with Blockbuster. Um, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, another game I've just forgot about, just obviously just mentioning now real quickly. Just, I just oh, yeah, yeah. You remember yeah, the Getaway? Yeah. Um, Back in the day. That's yeah, Rockstar yeah, as well, isn't it? Getaway wasn't that game, Rockstar fantastic game. game. It, um, I, I don't, I, I no, I think it was, Yeah. I think it might have been Rockstar Soho or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a Soho Studios. But then, yeah, that was Getaway Two as well was great. But uh, but yeah, Blockbuster used to rent games. Obviously, Love Film, and then now Boomerang. So Boomerang is still obviously operational. The really good service. Anybody who, of course, who can't afford games, I definitely recommend them um, because, of course, it's like I think it's like seven ninety nine a month, and you can rent like two games a month or something. Um, and it's fantastic because that's all that's all you need because you're never really going to get so many games a month, and you know, 
mm. you don't really have much time as you get older and stuff when you're working and that to, to complete games on you know every day and stuff so it's really good but yeah I've, I've fallen off it a little bit but um, I think Jason what I would probably say to you though mate if you wanted to ask me what my favourite game was I'd say Last of Us but just ignoring that for the time being if you wanted to ask me what my favourite game was what I've played let's say in the last few years or so um, which wasn't The Last of Us but still would yeah. match it just to end things right now and, and I can't bloody wait <laughs> mate for the next one like I'm literally pining for it would be, <gasps> oh yeah um, I'm t- I'm, mate I'm totally with you totally with you on that one yeah God of War, yeah. done and dusted, full stop, end of story. Yeah, totally with Thanks you. Thanks a lot. See mm-hmm. you later. Like, nah. I, I ain't even going to explain it. Got a while, I'm, go I'm just going to leave it on that because, <laughs> you know, another game, please play it. Like, honestly, I beg you, please play it. Like, my, I, I, I do thank one of my, my, my good men, uh, Mitch Jamie, who got me into God of War. Um, and obviously, I started when he, I think, years and years and years ago. Obviously, I played, and he, he told me to play it. I played, obviously, number one, then went up from there, played Ascension. Um, you know, number two, number three, Ascension, this, and I mean, they put this oh, new yeah. one, you know, the most recent one, um, on the yeah. PlayStation 4. Like, pff, like you, you can't get better than that, but yeah, the new one's coming out. Hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming it'll probably come out next year. Mm. Um, now with everything that's going on, and obviously, how, how many time ta- you know, how much time the, the director, I think it's Corey Bar- Barlog or something, um, will put into it and stuff regarding the, um, the Nordic storyline, and yeah, you know. Him being a god killer, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. But yeah, God of War. If you if you want me to end things in regards to my favorite film, Lord of the Rings, the favorite game I've played. Let's say, don't get me wrong, Last of Us was the best overall game I've played in regards to storyline. But if we're talking about a game, what really, you know, I just got captivated in. I was just like, like, oh my god, the yeah. you know the overall effect. No. Then yeah, God of War, um, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. No, right? I think that's a great, um, great way to. Great way to end the end the show, really, and um, just no, I just want to thank you for just um, taking your time out your Sunday, mate, to to come and do this. I mean, it's you know, it's um, it's my pleasure, mate. You know, it's I, I don't really talk a lot about games and films yes. to to people now, <laughs> apart from talking to myself. Um, or when I go in it, because you know, it's we've had the, at that yeah. time what the you know the situation that we're currently in. It's quite difficult and it's to really get to see any new films or talk about new films or. Or you know, on new shows or anything like that that we're watching with people now. So it's it's oh, it's good. You. And I mean, your podcast is fantastic. Keep it up, mate, because you know it's it's a great way of, um, you know, especially with the film knowledge that you've got and the game knowledge. Um, obviously, it's going to be the go-to thing to to listen out for the like the latest news and stories and and developments in regards to like the filming world and gaming world and stuff. And hopefully. You have more guests yeah, in the future as well. Yeah, to expand here, man. And obviously, you, um, you, you'll be. I'll be asking you to come on again. Expand. Definitely. So you, yeah, you need to keep your eyes. Peeled. Oh yeah. But yeah. But no, thank you very much. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll end it there. Um, so that was Liam talking about his films, his games, his passion. Um, always like to hear from Liam. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening, guys, and take care. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>